last week in our Thanksgiving service, we had our young preachers uh, talk to you and, and preach from their heart, and they all did, did an excellent job. I was very pleased with the things that I heard. And um, told you then that I wasn't going to give you everything I had that night, that I would save it for another time. And uh, really thought that I would be doing it this past weekend, and then Brother Moore came into town, changed that plan. And I, I really, I felt after the Lord today to see if there was something else, some other direction, but I, I just have not been able to get this out of my heart and out of my spirit. And um, I do believe that it's a part of what it takes to really find God's favor. And I'll show you why in just a few minutes. But I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms. And we're going to read a very familiar psalm here tonight. Psalm 100. Psalm 100 and beginning with verse number 1. Praise God. Psalm 100, verse 1. This is one of those easy psalms, one of those you ought to have memorized. Well, really, I mean, this is something you ought to just memorize. You ought to take the time to learn it. There's some good stuff in here. Well, I'm getting some funny looks right now. So. Um, psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his Gates. I want to say his gates. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts. I want to say courts. Into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. That's why. Because God's, that's why we ought to do these things. Because God is good. His mercy is everlasting. Thank God it is. Thank God it is. I know you're standing, but listen to me, listen to me. I just, I was on the phone with a preacher the other day. He told me a story I've never heard before. I had never heard this. He said that Brother I.H. Terry, when he was yet alive, had a dream or a vision. He wasn't sure which. <clears throat> if it was a dream or a vision. But he said in this, he went to heaven. He saw it exactly as we have always believed that it would be. He said he saw the, the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, the walls of jasper. He, he, he saw everything that we've always heard, the beauty, the splendor, the glory of heaven. And he was, he was in awe of all that he was taking in. And suddenly he began to look around and it dawned on him. There was nobody there. Nobody. Not one person there. And he said, I turned around and I looked to the Lord and I said Lord why is heaven empty and he said the Lord spoke back and said this is what happens when mercy runs out I'm thankful that his mercy is everlasting none of us are going without God's mercy None of us are going to make it without his mercy. You hear me? 
I don't care how spiritual you think you are, you're going to need God's mercy somewhere down the road. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. I'm glad the truth doesn't change. I'm glad the truth does not change. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you from, from verse 4. Enter into his Gates. I want to say it again. Gates. Into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. I want to talk to you for just a little while tonight about the gates of God. The gates of God. Praise God. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands and lift our voices and let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Can we do that? Everybody, let's talk to the Lord right now. Jesus, I love you. How great you are. Thank you, Lord. You're so very good to me, and I am indeed grateful, God, for your mercy. Thankful for your truth. Thankful for the opportunity to stand before this people tonight. I pray that you would touch them. I pray that you would speak to them. Pray, God, that you would grant clarity, God, the things that you have put upon my heart. In Jesus' name, let's praise the Lord together, everybody. Let's praise the Lord together. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's worship him right now. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. We, uh, especially here at New Life, we talk a lot about praise, a lot about worship. I uh, many, many times have listened to Brother Jared or one of the others in the leading of the service as they encourage you to offer praise to God. We know and understand here, I think, how important praise is. I hope that we understand how important praise is. Maybe some of us don't understand that, but we need to understand it. Praise is not just about the preacher hyping us up so he can get the kind of response he wants to get. It's about you giving to God what he deserves. Amen. Psalm 22 verse 3. We're familiar with this scripture. We know this scripture. But, but, but let's listen again to what the Bible tells us about our praise. But thou art holy. Thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest, o thou that inhabitest the, praises, the of praises of Israel. The word inhabit, according to uh, the dictionary, uh, the, uh, the Hebrew dictionary, the definition of that is to dwell, to remain, to abide. God dwells in, God abides in the praises of of his people. God remains in the praises of his people. Well, some of you, some of you tonight evidently aren't quite with me, aren't quite on the, the, the cart with me tonight. I'm going to tell you, you have got to understand, if God abides in praise, then our praise should not last just as long as the song does. If praise is God's habitation, then it shouldn't be determined by when the last note is played on the keyboard. 
Well, hallelujah. If God abides in praise, then we need to learn to have an attitude of praise the whole time that we are in his house. Because I want God in this house. Listen, it's more important that God touch us than it is that I speak to you or even that you speak to God. It's more important that God have his way in our lives. I want the presence of God to fill this house. Hallelujah. And the only way that the presence of God can fill this house is if his praise fills this house. Is, is that what the scripture said? God abides in. God dwells in. God, th that word abide is not just show up. It's not just about God showing up. So we can get a few goosebumps and think, okay, we've succeeded tonight. But praise is where he abides where he continues to dwell so if that's where he is dwelling then i need to get to where he is hallelujah i don't need to sit on the pew and say god stop by here I need to have an attitude in my heart my spirit and my mind that says god i'm going where you are I know where he is, Brother Jared. I know exactly where God is. God hasn't moved. He hasn't changed addresses. God's address is exactly where it's always been. God still dwells in praise. And so if that's his address, I think I want to go spend some time at God's house. You understand that when you sit idly by through a service, when you don't get involved in the service, well, I've got problems, I've got worries, I've got concerns, I've got this, I've got that. I'm telling you, when we've got that attitude, we're expecting God to find us. But somebody needs to get an attitude that says, in spite of my circumstance, in spite of my situation, I'm going where God is. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That little woman with the issue of blood didn't say if he'll just touch me, I'll be all right. She said if I can just get to where he is, if I can just find my way to where he is, if I can touch him. Hallelujah. If I can just touch him. And it took a lot for her to get there. It took a lot of strength, a lot of energy, a lot of determination, a lot of pushing aside others who were more capable, more physically able than she was. Hallelujah. Praise God. She said, if I can just get there, I'll be all right. Everything's going to change if I can get into his presence. Not if I can bring him into mine. I hope you're hearing me tonight. Church, this is why it is so important that when we come together to have church, we have church. We don't just have a service, but we have church. I'm not saying we've got to jump and shout and run every service, but I'm saying we've got to have church. I'm saying we've got to have a mindset that we're going we're gonna to be in that place where God is dwelling. Hallelujah. I'm going to get in that place, Brother Jared, where God is. I'm, and God dwells. He dwells in praise. He inhabits praise he abides he stays when a service starts getting locked up you can fix that 
When a preacher's struggling to deliver his message, you can fix that. You've got the ability to change the atmosphere. Praise God. But see, we, we, we get intimidated. We get intimidated. We feel that resistance. We feel that push. And we get intimidated. What's somebody going to think if I start praising God right now? I tell you, it's not about what somebody's going to think. It's what's God going to think if I don't. I'll tell you what he'll think. It's not that important that you reach out and touch him tonight. That's what God's going to think because that's what you're saying by your action. That's what you're saying by your attitude, by that, by that spirit that says, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the service. Come on, preacher, feed me something. Come on, Jared, sing something that I like to hear, some song that I want. No, no, no. We've got to reach out and find where he is. We've got to get into that attitude and that mindset and that spirit. We're going to praise him. That's where God dwells. minute you begin to praise him i'm telling you i've seen it church i've I've come i have come i've i've been uh, at at, whether it's this church or other churches where i pastored but i've been in times when i was trying to pray and i'm thinking god where are you i I can't I, i can't feel you i can't find you i don't know if my prayers are even getting beyond the roof tonight i i don't know i don't know i don't feel a thing and then something dawns on me All right, I know how to fix that. I know how to correct that. I've been down here pouring my heart out, telling God all the situations that need to be corrected. I've been trying to bring God into the mix. I can change that. And I begin to praise him and I begin to worship him. I'm telling you, it doesn't take very long. And the whole atmosphere is transformed. In that time of praise before God, when I'm just telling him how wonderful he is, when I'm just telling him how good he's been, and God, if you don't ever get me out of another dilemma, if you don't ever solve another problem, I just want to let you know that I love you, and there's nobody like you, and no words could ever express, so I'm just lifting my hands in worship. I'm telling you something about those moments that the power of God comes in. And you know, really, 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 I'm not even putting it right. I'm not even saying it right. Because it's not that the power of God came in. It's that I went in to where the power of God was. Come on, somebody, get around. I don't care if this was supposed to be just my introduction, but I don't care if I don't get any further than this right now. Maybe we'll make this a two-part lesson. I've done that before. Or three or four parts, praise God, whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to get a revelation, new life. We've got to get a revelation. Something's got to happen to our mindset that we don't just come in here and think, well, it's midweek. Well, it's Thursday night. Well, it's Sunday morning. Well, well, it's, you know, it's just another night. If we don't have good church tonight, so what? No, no, no. I want the presence of God. I want to find where God is. If we don't get to where God is, we're just going through the motions. I don't care that we call ourselves apostolic. I don't care that we're preaching the truth. If we don't get to where God is, it's nothing more than mechanical. Because we're never going to, we're never going to affect this city. We are never going to change this city. We are never going to have revival around here. If the presence of God is not in this place. Look, we can have we can have we can we can develop the best choir that's ever been heard. I, I could I could pay some choir director to come in that's extremely talented that can really get it out of people and have the best choir that's ever. But that's not going to give us revival. Right. Right. 
I can, I, I, I can hire Brother Jared to be full-time over our youth and tell him I want you to spend, uh, you know, eight hours a day every day working with our young people, planning things for our young people. That's not going to give us revival. We can have everything organized. We can have everything. We might see a little movement, but that's not revival. The only way we're going to see anything revived is by the Spirit of God. And if we're going to have the Spirit of God, we got to go to where God is. And if you haven't figured it out yet, God is not in the problems you're trying to work out in your mind right now. God is not in that checkbook you're trying to balance right now. He's not there. The devil might be there, but God's not there. I think there's been some times the devil's gotten in my checkbook. I don't know how else to explain it. Hallelujah. Well, but if we can get to where God is, everything changes where God is. Everything changes where God is. Are you hearing me tonight? How bad, how bad do you want your problem solved? are you to really get an answer I'm afraid please don't I'm not trying to be rude and crude tonight please I'm just trying to make my point as 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 strongly as I can but sometimes I I, I get this idea that, that that sometimes once in a while some people somewhere in some city in some church are like the little birds in the nest with their mouths open chirping. Really what they're saying is, Mama, come feed me. Mama, come feed me. Mama, come feed me. And you know, that's fine when you're a baby. But there comes a time Mama's not coming back to the nest to keep feeding you. There comes a time you're going to have to get out of that nest and go look for something. And that's what I'm saying, New Life. We've got to get a mindset. We, we've got to get something that when we walk in those doors, our minds are made up. I am going into the presence of God tonight. Well, i got about three or four of you that are really with me. Some that are thinking about it. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm talking to everybody tonight. We don't all respond the same way. We can't. We don't all have the same energy, the same strength. But I'm telling you, every one of us needs to have a mindset that God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm going to find where you are. I'm going to give you the praise you deserve. I'm going to lay aside all the things that concern me, all the things that bother me, all the things that upset me for a few minutes' time. I've got an opportunity to have an audience with the king. Woo! Hallelujah! This is my shot at it. This is my chance at it. This is my opportunity at it. The king of all kings. I have the opportunity to walk into his throne room. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do with that opportunity? What are we going to do with that opportunity? What are we going to do about that? Look, I can't fix your problems. I wish I could. I wish I had the ability to unscramble all the scrambled eggs of your life. I don't. But I know one who does. I often tell people, I can't unscramble your eggs. But I'm going to tell you, God can. God can make them good as new. All the king's horses and all the king's men may not have been able to put Humpty Dumpty together again, but Jesus can. 
You hear me? Jesus can. I don't care how shattered your life is. I don't care how broken your life is. He still is able to pick up the pieces and put it together and make it as good as new if we can just get to where he is. Seems like I remember. Seems like I remember the apostle saying, come boldly before the throne of grace. Not the throne of grace to move to your chair you find that throne of grace you learn where the throne of grace is you learn how to get to the throne of grace and you get there whatever it takes whatever you've got to push aside whatever you've got to throw away whatever you've got to lay down I'm going to get to the throne of God's mercy and grace because he's able to fix this Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, you know, I suppose, I suppose that's, I suppose that's part of the reason why Psalm 150 and verse 6 says what it says. I, I am getting back to my notes a little bit here, but I don't know how long I'm going to stay on them. But, but Psalm 150 and verse 6 says but everything let let what everything let what let what you are in this building tonight by choice you chose to come now there have been folks in the building that didn't choose to come the funeral director wheeled them in they can't do anything about what's going on. But you came in by choice. Let everything that hath breath. But I've got problems. Well, are you part of everything? But I've got terrible situations going on. Are you part of everything? What is your responsibility here? Why is it that the Lord said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord? Why? Why did he tell you to praise the Lord? Because when you start praising the Lord, you get your mind off of you, you get your eyes off of you, you forget about you, and you start focusing on the one that really matters. And when you get your eyes on him, and you realize just how big he is, and how great he is, and how powerful he is, and how miraculous he is, and how awesome he is, then your problem doesn't seem so bad anymore. Oh, God, help me get this off my heart tonight. I'm telling you, church, it doesn't matter what your situation is. I serve a God that is big enough and strong enough and wise enough and loving enough. He can fix it for you. But you got to get to him. He took the time to find you. So I was born in this thing. Well, he, he still found you. He still found you. He didn't have to give you the breath to live. But he did. God made a choice. God let you be born into that family that was living for God. God allowed that to happen. He didn't have to do it, but he loved you and he saw something in you. Now we got to see something in him. We've got to see something in him. We've got to see that we are here tonight not because of us, not about us, not for us, but for him. Let everything, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Why? Why, David? Why should we praise the Lord? Because if you'll start praising him, you're going to find where he's at. And when you get to where he's at, oh, Jesus.
I don't see any way I'm going to get on what I really wanted to get on tonight. But I don't care. Hallelujah. Paul said, we are changed into his image. How? From what? From what? From what? How do we become more like him? How are we changed into his image? By spending time in his presence. From glory to glory. Now it's not all going to happen in a time of worship in the church service. You understand? Don't, don't twist my words. But I'm telling you, this is a vital part of it. You know, they've often said that when two people live together long enough, they start looking alike. And uh, our um, resident geeks, without calling any names, um, told me the other night, there's a quick way, quick way you can find pictures on your computer. Fast way to do it. It's this feature called Faces. And, and you pull up faces, and it'll go and circle every face in every picture on your computer. And, and then you just tell it who you're looking for. And it'll, I said, how do they know which face is which? Well, because it identifies that these faces, but how do they know that this is Jared's face? Oh, well, you've got to find one and tell them that's Jared. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out. So we start this process. I've got, what, 20,000 pictures on my computer. I'm a pack rat. Even on my computer, I'm a pack rat. I don't get rid of anything. So we're going through picture after picture. And he said, you know, a lot of these pictures are you, your wife, your family. He said, if you just start picking family members out and go ahead and identify them, they'll get those out of the way and you can start looking for the other ones you look. Okay, all right. So we'll start with my wife. So I pick out a good picture of my wife, tell them this is my wife, and then it starts pulling up all these pictures. Well, guess what? I'm sorry, honey. I apologize. I didn't have anything to do with it. But that computer started pulling up some pictures of me saying it was her. Isn't that amazing? They say that when you live together so long, you start looking alike. Now, she's much more beautiful than I could ever hope to be. But I will tell you, I do think there is some truth that the longer you're around people, the more of their traits you start taking on. This is one reason why you should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You start taking on their traits. That's right. So, so I said all that to say, how are we going to start taking on his traits? By spending time with him. Right? Right? Did I lose you in all of that? How are we going to start taking on his traits? We're going to take on his traits by spending time with him. Church, listen. You spend the entire week walking through this world and the hell that it is. I'm not using that as a cuss word. I'm saying it's, that's, what we're, that, that's what the enemy, his kingdom is hell. And that's what we're presented with every day. But you've got this opportunity. You walk in here on a Thursday night and you've got the opportunity to walk out of that kingdom. I'm bombarded every day, every day at the office. I have to listen to their filthy language. I have to listen to their dirty jokes. I have to be confronted by their immorality. It's everywhere, everywhere. But when you come in here, you've got an opportunity to escape all of that and to get a better influence and a stronger influence. We can't afford to just waste the service by just sitting here wanting somebody to entertain us. I saw an article the other day. In fact, I copied it and saved it to my computer. And this is what they said. They said, watching television may cause brain damage. <laughs> um, my response, duh. <laughs> I 
even get on that. Um, you're bombarded with all those images. It affects the way you think. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Why America is now allowing homosexuals to get married. Why did Supreme Court justices pat? You want to know why? Because Hollywood has filled the minds of this nation with perversion and filth and caused them to think that that which is abominable to God is acceptable. And the whole nation bought into it. But see, that's where they're spending their time. You know, we, we are in this world. We're not of this world. Some things you can't avoid. You can't help what you see when you go to the mall. I wish we could. I almost wish somebody would develop some apostolic blinders or something. Apostolic Blinder Corporation, ABC. You'll be first in the yellow pages. I wish there were times, Brother Minna, that I could just keep my eyes from having to see some things that my eyes have to see. Billboards, and you name it. And, and we are inundated with the garbage of this world. But church, we come into this place. And this is different. This is not like the rest of the world. That's why we're not going to put a screen up here and show you some Hollywood picture. I saw where a church is doing that this coming weekend. Showing a Hollywood picture for their, their congregation. It's not going to happen around here. This is a safe place. We come in here. I don't want Hollywood coming in here. I want God in here. I want the presence of God in this house. You know, here's the thing. I can't get you into the presence of God if you're not willing to go. I can make up my mind. Brother Brandon, I can decide if nobody else wants to praise God, I'm still going to praise God. And while everybody else is sitting there wondering what's going on, I'm slipping into his presence. And God's tweaking me. And God's fixing me. And God's adjusting me. And God's doing things in my life. I'm spending time in his presence but I can't pick you up and take you to where I am you gotta make up your mind I wanna go there and you know if you make up your mind you wanna go there it's very simple to get there because we learned where there is the scripture told us where there is God inhabits, what? That's where there is. You want to get there? You want to get to the presence of God? Then don't just sit like a bump on a dill pickle. You learn to start praising God every time you come in the doors. I don't care if nobody else is. I don't care if nobody else wants to. That's not what it's about. Do you need something from God? Do you need an answer? Do you need a healing? Do you need encouragement? Do you need God to solve a problem? You can get into the presence of God because you know where he's dwelling. You know his address. Hallelujah. The scripture tells us what his address is. Well, I just don't feel good tonight. How many people in the Bible, that was their motivation for getting into his presence? Oh, no, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. See, the devil convinces us, well, I don't feel good. So I can't come to the house of God. I don't feel good. You know, when you don't feel good, that ought to be more of a drive to say, if I can get into his presence... I'll feel all right. Friend, don't worry about this heavy load I carry. Don't be concerned if it sends me to my knees. For I know a place where all my load will lighten. And I'll be all right. Soon as I touch 
Calvary. Hallelujah. If I can just get there. If I can just get there. God only knows how many times I have been sick in body. So sick I didn't know. I did not know how I was going to stand up to preach a message. But the minute I stepped into the pulpit, there was something there. And the power of the Lord came. I began to worship him. I began to praise him. And I got where he was. And he touched me. Oh, hallelujah. They came into his presence because they had a need. They didn't stay away from it because they had a need. It didn't, even if they were a leper. Right? A leper. Unclean. Nobody wants to be around me. But I've got a need. And there's only one that can fix this need. Only one that can take care of this problem. There's only one. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get in his presence. If I can get in his presence, he can fix this. Oh, somebody get a hold of what I'm trying to tell you tonight. We've got to let something happen in our hearts. We've got to let something happen in our spirits where we recognize whether or not we get out of a service what we need all hinges on whether or not we're willing to go where he is. Well, I've just about used up all my time. I didn't get, I didn't get past point one in my notes. I've still got over five pages of notes. I'm not going to try to cover them tonight. I'll save it for another night. We'll get there another night. But I'm going to tell you, we really, church, we've got to get a hold of this. We've got to grasp this revelation. We have got to come to a place where we recognize. You say, well, I don't deserve it. I'm not worth it. Those are all the things the devil wants to tell you. But Psalm 150 verse 6 said, let everything that hath breath. Not let those that are worthy. I, now, look, I'm not criticizing anybody or, or what anybody else teaches. I'm, I'm not. But, but. As of a few minutes ago, I was still pastor here. So this is the way we do it here. But I've known of other men who said, you're not doing right, you don't praise God. You just sit there in the service. You don't lift your hands. If you're not living right, you don't. I don't see that in the scripture. I'm sorry. I'm not giving people a license to live like they want to. But I am saying the Bible says, let everything that had breath. And the psalmist did not say, let everything that's Jewish. And you understand that in their minds, the Gentiles weren't worthy of anything. But he still said, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, let everything that hath breath. That could have been worded anyway. It could have said, let everything that's kept the covenant of Abraham. But he didn't. He said, if you've got breath, I don't care if you're Jew or Gentile or Samaritan. I don't care if you're black or white. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you are. If you've got breath, there's one way that you can get your problem taken care of. You need to praise the Lord. I know, I know how it is. Becky, you better come. I gotta, gotta quit. My time's up. I know how it is. I know what the devil does. I know the mind games he likes to play. I understand. And the minute you start to step out in the aisle, he says, you remember what you did? You remember what you did? Yeah, I remember. But I also remember this. I've still got breath. Oh, you didn't get that, did you? I know I may have done some things wrong, but I've still got breath. And as long as I've got breath, God told me to praise him. So this is not about what I've done or haven't done. 
It's not about me at all. It's about him. And I'm going to give him the praise that he deserves. I'm going to give him the honor he's worthy of. I'm going to get into his presence because he deserves it. Not because I deserve it, but because he deserves it. If God dwells in praise, then get out of my way, devil. I'm going to make my way into that place called praise. I'm going to get there somehow. Ah, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship. to the king of kings come on let's go where he is right now can we do it it's not time to check out it's time to check in let's get where he is right now let's get where he is right now come on let's let's begin to praise him let's begin to praise him i feel like praising praising him i feel like praising Praising him. You say, well, I don't feel like it, preacher. Well, I understand. But if you'll start praising him, you'll start feeling like it. You'll be surprised how contagious praise is. How quickly it spreads. How quickly it changes your outlook. I feel like Praise him in the morning. I praise him all day long. I feel like praising him. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do it. 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 
Yeah. 